You wanna hear a good joke? Nobody speak, nobody get choked. Fans, it is Friday here on 89.1 KHOL, and Teton Sports Talk is here to bring you a little bit closer to your weekend. I'm your host, Massey Zeman, down in Austin, Texas. Graham Trainer, Aloha. And we'll get to that bowl. And coming from the deep south, my hometown, Mobile, Alabama, George Oswald. Season's greetings. <laughs> uh, it is a great time of year. It is well. It's sort of, and y'all might back me up on this. It is great to enter bowl season, but it does mark the end of my, every Saturday. I get to say I'm going to watch some football. Now I just watch it like at 3 p.m. on a Tuesday on my phone in traffic. I'm not driving. I agree completely. I'm looking forward to New Year's Eve and New Year's Day, but obviously mainly New Year's Eve. Um, I have a party on the 30th, and so I'm looking forward to a long day of football on New Year's Eve. So I can can relate to the missed Saturday feeling. You're hosting a party? No, I'm uh, going to like a a New Year's Eve party, but it's on the 30th for some reason instead of New Year's Eve actual. But um, well, that's because you're going to a party in Alabama. They're like, yeah, we don't worry too much with the uh, ceremonial aspects of it. We just want to get together. Yeah, it's like we're gonna party because Bama plays tomorrow. (laughs) <laughs> why would we? yes it's like it's a pre a pre-tailgate to a tailgate yeah sort of <laughs> it's kind of like It'll no one fun. in the south gets married on like the third saturday in november yeah uh somebody got married and they had a tv at their reception and people were like oh that's that's so awesome that's so nice and it was like the family was like we're not not gonna have a tv whereas every other family in the country would be like of course we're not gonna have a tv at our wedding reception that's so tacky <laughs> oh god how many south texas weddings have you been to trainer i want to know that- nobody wants to put the texas game on at all anyway so <laughs> you know, it'd be tacky and just repulsive to watch them play yeah, that would be. It would be like everyone would just leave the wedding. You're like, "Where's everybody going?" They put on Texas football again. I can't stand it. I'm sorry, Sarkeesian's drunk. I'm gonna go back. I'm gonna go back and watch a, a man. I, I don't know the team on Friday Night Lights, but if I did, I'd say it right now. My punchline would be much better. But I've already Still forgotten it. Yeah, Still thank the Panthers, you. Man. The Panthers yeah, or, or or the West Canaan Coyotes. Yeah, Canaan. Uh, all right. Well, we got a pack show. Pack show. We have a. Uh, the huddle coming up. We might get to some uh, NFL football afterwards. The huddle for me is very Coach Carousel heavy. Um, but the huddle is the good news of the week, the critical number of the week, something that you are <laughs> stuck on and your quote slash question of the week. I'll kick it to you, trainer. What is your good news? Uh, Mikey Mack is back after his COVID scare, and Dan Quinn stepped in and felt some of his older – he sowed some wild oats by being the head coach for the Cowboys for one week, one week after failing as miserably as the Atlanta Falcons head coach. Yes. Uh, and then he came on to guarantee a win against Washington, which is just huge news. Wait, Dan Quinn guaranteed the win? No, Mike, Mike McCarthy did. He's, he's back and he's, he's back in his blues. He's ready to go. And he's excited. He's fired up about beating the, the Red Wolves this weekend. I will say I saw a joke on the internet with Dan Quinn with a backwards hat is the the equivalent of like date my date night Mike from the office. 
That's very good. <laughs> yeah, I was like, he, good job, Internet. You've done your job today. The, yeah, he's a guy in one of those, uh, allegedly one of those vans where the, the, they pick up a, um, what are they, MILF? One of those videos? <laughs> yeah. You're or, on your own, no, yeah. yeah. You're, you're on island time for you, trainer. You're all by yourself out there. That was actually also going to be my uh, my cheeky good news of the week was uh, the Cowboys are going to win. It's a foregone conclusion, according oh, to Oh, yeah. Do you think Mike McCarthy will smash a watermelon before this game? <laughs> you mean eat one? No. Isn't he like 2-0 when what? smashing watermelons pregame? That's Gallagher, the 80s uh, prop comic. Dude, you need to Google this right now. Mike McCarthy smashes watermelons in the Cowboys locker room. Did it like twice last year. Oh, that's right. That's right. Well, our coach is soon to be Sean Payton, as you know. But yeah, I mean, Mike McCarthy. I am he so does like. Go ahead. No, no, I'm just kidding. I'm so sick of the Sean Payton narrative. He has been in New Orleans for 14, 15, just like 19 years. I mean, they're like, well, what about the public schools in Dallas? Like, they're, they're, his kids are 25 years old. I don't know how I don't know how old his kids are, but he's been in New Orleans long enough to to like already. I mean, he's got the keys to the city. In Dallas, he'd yeah. be he'd be lesser. Only a true Saints fan knows how old Sean Payton's kids are. I'm very impressed, Massey. I I uh, no, don't <laughs> quote me. That's the, they're probably 15 years old. What do I know? Um, George, what's your good news of the week? Um, similarly cheeky of the quote that McCarthy said about the Cowboys was, uh, it's like a foregone conclusion that Bryce Young is going to win the Heisman. Oh yeah. Uh, everybody's sort of just acknowledging it out loud. Even, uh, people who hold the ballot are, uh, saying like, well, you know, I mean, he was at the top of my list, but you know, I mean, maybe, maybe somebody else is going to, it's like, no, no, Bryce Young is going to win. And he also won the Maxwell trophy today. And that's usually a strong indicator so uh, that's my good news of the week is that it's a foregone conclusion that bryce young is going to win the Heisman. yeah he sealed he sealed and delivered that package on on saturday when he beat georgia he was voted ap player of the year as well bryce young is is joined by kenny pickett the defensive end from michigan and cj stroud is that right yeah and aiden hutchinson aiden um, hutchinson that's his name Michigan, with, uh, Michigan, which is frustrating because uh, it's always great to see a defensive player get invited, but it should have been Will Anderson. I think it, I think at this point the Heisman, like just to get viewers, are like we need to spread this out. Let's go to all the major fan bases, get Kenny Pickett in there, but we need Ohio State, Michigan, and Alabama to be represented. So it no, so someone will watch this three-hour fiasco we put on that we call the Heisman Trophy presentation. So this is going to leak into my uh, stuck on if y'all uh, want to stop okay. me now. But um, Linda, one of my stuck ons is the fact that Will Anderson is not there. And the larger point of what I'm trying to make is um, the people who hold the ballots or have a vote for the Heisman, they don't watch football. They like tune in for an hour on like Sunday morning to see how everything went. And they just base their vote on who's throwing the most touchdowns or, I mean, it's almost always a quarterback. And if anybody who like was watching this year would know that the most impactful, most important player on anyone's team was Will Anderson throughout the year. Yeah. Bryce young was never a weak spot. And sure as hell put up uh, amazing numbers. And he's tied with Tua for 
single season passing touchdowns, which is pretty amazing. But my overarching point is like, they just sort of like, Oh, who's the top quarterback. Who's like the winningest quarterback right now. He's going to win. That's who I'm voting for. And instead of like actually knowing what they're talking about and watching football and knowing who to vote for, Will Anderson should at least be a finalist. Yeah. He led the nation in sacks and tackles, right? Yeah. It's like 31 and a half tackles for loss. It's like, good lord um, divide yeah, the that only person who's gotten close to that i think is uh i'm gonna space on his name so i'm not even gonna shoot for it but he won he's the only person who's won the heisman twice archie tim tebow griffith yes griffin is it griffith or griffin archie griffith i think uh no he's ohio state i think it's griffith yeah Maybe. i'm gonna stop ourselves from getting derailed trying to figure that out on the spot <laughs> yeah <laughs> and the only yeah he's like up there with that kind of company and he doesn't get invited to new york it's just uh that's what i'm stuck on right now yeah and, and nobody gets nobody gets smarter at it because in the nfl it's the same way it's like been that way for way too long now just in a, it's just always quarterback heavy and it's a bunch of people that just like do not watch game film at all and just kind of pick who the the hot topic is on i'm sure social media people just cheat using what like what is whose name is seen the most like oh he had a good game against georgia in the sec championship he's automatically gonna win and yeah and i'm surprised yeah. he got to go to the new york he, he cheated dude that was awesome did you see that he cheated wait for it how do, you, how do you cheat and you get to play you get to go to like go to the heisman what are you talking about cheating you talking about picket yeah <laughs> i'm talking about his fake slide yeah 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 so that was something i was going to touch on too um did you just see that the NCAA already ruled on that uh, rule? Um, it's basically a dead ball, which is a very interesting way to resolve that issue. Um, I think it makes good sense. They should put uh, – Pittsburgh should be on, like, sanctions now. They should get the death penalty. Dude, it's, <laughs> I thought it was hilarious. In my brain, he – because I just watched – I watched it, and I was like, I thought he was I, – I didn't watch it live. I watched the replay, so I knew what was coming. But it looked like – he was like, okay, I'm going to slide. And then somewhere in his brain was like, I'm going to go all the way to the house because this is my last game as a Pittsburgh Panther. Or like, this is the AC championship. I'm going to pad my stats. And like, he had that flash of brilliance. He was like, oh yeah, my coaching tells me to go down. He's like, screw it. I'm going, I'm going, I'm going, I'm going to make it. So that, I, I, I thought it was like a, uh, it was such a good fake that I thought it was a re real and like a change of mind mid, like mid motion. It, yeah, it was badass. To, it was badass to see, and I like watched the video, and then I was like, "Wow, that was awesome." That was like a, pretty much a juke. And then what ruined it was looking at the comments under the video, and that's where things were. I was like, I enjoyed it, and then I looked at the comments, just like all social media, and then I was sad after reading the comments because I was like, "Oh, nobody likes it because he kind of cheated." <laughs> nobody likes. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. It was I mean, it's one of those things where it's like, just enjoy the 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 first and only fake slide that you're going to see. Just enjoy it for what it is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the uh, the opposite of them not taking any action is like, okay, well, if I see somebody sliding, he's open game until he's actually like his butt's on the ground. So I'm going to come in, and then it's going to look a whole lot like a targeting foul. And so like the uh, they had to make a ruling on it, and it's the way they resolved it is actually pretty. Uh, creative and simple which is nice well um will he live on forever yeah yeah i know they they have to blow it dead because everyone stops but like do you live on forever like you know how there's the tom brady rule do you now have the kenny pickett rule and you just live you live on forever and instantly football lore 
as the base <laughs> best fake of all time. So good it was illegal. So good it was illegal. Um, well, also I don't know for a fact if I I didn't like follow through with finding out if this is true or not. But my understanding was they asked him about it in the press later, and he was like. I thought about sliding and then I saw the open spot and I went and scored a touchdown. Like I did not premeditate this. And of course, like that's what I'm pretty sure was true is that he, he didn't want to do it. He didn't set out to do that. Yeah. He wasn't looking for his opportunity. Um, right. My good news of the week is the coaching carousel. It has been the most entertaining in, in recent memory. Uh, last week we covered Brian Kelly going to LSU and Lincoln Riley going to USC. That, left Notre Dame open which they haven't filled that spot yet or have they they went with their they went with the hometown guy defensive coordinator but I thought it was just for the bowl game for now and against Oklahoma State I don't know if it's actually like a long term interim interim excuse me uh coach hire for 2022 this week we have Cristobal going to or, or excuse me going away from Oregon to Miami Brent Venables going from Clemson to OU. I think Brent Venables is a home run hire for Oklahoma. He's a defensive coordinator. He served under Bob Stoops in the same capacity as a defensive coordinator. And he just gives like that Oklahoma hometown, like good, good fuzzy feels when he, when he makes his way to Norman. Um, is Venables the head coach? He's the head coach now at OU. He was a defensive yeah, coordinator at Clemson. Yeah. And at, uh, Oh, where was he? Yeah. Clemson. And he was under Bob Stoops as defensive coordinator. That was so, – go ahead. If this tells you anything about what I was uh, thinking about when I wrote that note down, my note says, Venables leaving Dabo. <laughs> not not where he's going and wish him the best, but that's that's more the highlight or the headline than uh, where he's ending up is that Tebow's like all alone now. <laughs> and we're going to have to see what he's made of. Their, uh, their athletic director left for Miami too. What's his name? Like Radovich. Dan, Dan Rakovich. Is I going that, is going I... to Miami as well. The uh, and also Ohio State hired a guy named Jim Knowles. You might know him as the defensive coordinator for the Oklahoma State. I think Ohio State is making a correct hire. I like where Oklahoma's going, and now which is where, where my whole point was getting to, going to. The Oregon job is open, and I've heard two names that are very interesting, and that is Chip Kelly and Lane Kiffin. Ooh. Chip Kelly, he's going home. He's going home. I saw that about Chip Kelly. I did not see anything about Lane. That is uh, flirting with disaster. I know. that's so, It's so funny because someone asked me about Lane Kiffin. They're like, what do you think about Lane Kiffin to Oregon? He's a Ducks fan. And I was like, he's going to grab all the money he can, and he might try to take home some alumni booster's daughter at the uh, cocktail party before the, before the game. So, like, he is – Lane Kiffin is as slippery as they come. Chip Kelly, he's known for grabbing a bag and not caring about his football team. So I just think it's – I think both those people, when you boil it down, are like the same kind of money-grubbing people that you don't want at your – you know, don't want at the helm. But then again, like they don't have – they're kind of late to the party, you know. They don't have someone lined up to take that job unless y'all know something I don't. No, I was going to say, I thought, I feel like Lane's more of a, like Oxford girls are more his speed than, than Portland girls, but maybe I'm wrong. Well, that's why I thought Lane Kiffin wanted to go to Miami. He lived in Boca Raton was like, you know, you really stand out at here in, uh, 
Oxford, Mississippi, I can kind of blend in better in Miami where there's more people and not everyone knows me as Lane Kiffin. Did you say he's a Ducks fan? Who? Lane Kiffin. I no, heard that. no, my my buddy who's a Ducks fan floated the idea oh, of, oh. of of Kiffin. And if you haven't looked up uh, Tosh Pointo's uh, skit with uh, Kiffin's Kiffin coaching cor- Kiffin's coaching corner, that okay. that yeah, that I wa- I rewatched it the other night and I was howling laughing. I forgot how funny that was. That's probably a good rewatch. Trainer, what is your critical number of the week? Uh, mine is eight, eight. For 125. Eight for four for 125 yards? No, eight, just the number eight, four, like four, F-O-R, excuse me, and 125. I have no idea. Eight years for 125, 125 million was offered to Jimbo Fisher. He turned it down. So now we got this sloppy second situation for Brian the Butcher going to LSU, which is kind of awkward that he was he was a second choice. They're like, I love mm-hmm. it. So LSU offered uh, Jimbo that. Yeah, boatload of money. They gave they gave uh, Brian the Butcher ten years for ninety five million, where the, as they were going to give Jimbo eight for one twenty five. So Brian's got to feel a little murderous right now. He's he's got a little little oh. not, not so good. Well, speaking of murderous, it's one of those things where, like, you're interviewing Brian Kelly and you're like, and if he ever brings it up, you just say, well, he didn't murder a guy. <laughs> you're like, well, why did Jimbo get more? Well, he's he's not guilty of manslaughter. Yeah. No homicide. Yeah. yeah sorry. <laughs> sorry. We bumped, we bumped down your salary because of your criminal past. Happens all the time. <laughs> That's funny because Jimbo yeah. Jimbo's buyout is ridiculous. I don't see how anybody, any – well, I mean, I can see LSU, I guess, but I don't see how any any athletic director can say we want Jimbo Fisher, who hasn't done much more at Texas A&M than his predecessor, and and say we're gonna pay, buy, buy him out for ninety five million dollars. Like I just don't see that okay. in my brain work. So that's why they did it like that. So they weren't gonna have to have these kind of conversations, and they were gonna keep him. But also, it's worth noting that he has not done much much better than Kevin Sumlin. He his like numbers records are like two or three losses worse than Kevin Sumlin. Yeah, um, he is not performing at all the way that they are paying him. And I mean, he had a marquee win over Nick Saban first. Uh, Nick Saban acolyte to do that, and that's earned him all the chops. Just like Johnny Manziel. I mean, if if Johnny Manziel had never played at Texas A and M. They would be just like Missouri in the SEC, just completely like the uh, redheaded stepchild of the SEC. And only because of that, they're um, getting levels of respect that they don't deserve. Publicity over in College Station. Yeah, and they even let let Kyler Murray walk, too, in the transfer portal, which is even more embarrassing. That was part of the Sumlin uh, administration. Yeah. It's it's funny to think that, like, Texas A&M – like thinks they have their guy and it's just not Jimbo Fisher. I, I mean, Jimbo Fisher, even in a twist of irony, he might've gotten paid more at LSU if he had gotten, if he lost to Alabama, had the season he did and they had soured on him, you know, and they were like, okay, he can't get, he can't win the big one. Him winning that Alabama game probably saved his job, but hindsight, it might've been like a curse in a way because they would have been like happy to get rid of him. Yeah. 
Oh, Jimbo, leaving money on the table. By that number, that was a very impressive critical number because I, I had no idea that they were LSU was talking to him about those kind of figures. That is absurd. I love I love leaks like that, and especially after they've hired a new coach and Brian Kelly, and it just it just makes things just so complicated. Brian Kelly. Well, they didn't do anything worse than uh, what Miami did to. Uh, of course, I'm going to space on his name. They hired Mario, but who did they let go? Uh, Danny. Uh, it's like Andy Ramirez or something. Ah, oh, shoot. Um, Danny Diaz. They treated him. They yeah, and it doesn't sound right, but they treated him like dog. Um, that was brutal. They were completely unkind to him and left him hanging in the wings. And then they got Mario Cristobal, who, by the way, is like probably going to be out of his element pretty quick. Manny Diaz, that's right. They treated him like dog. Yeah, he they Manny Diaz. Well, maybe I'll go ahead and say this. My my quote of the week was Manny Diaz, and he said, "I'm disappointed because the the best known secret it was that he was fired when they were in the process of hiring Cristobal." He's also coming from a man who got hired at Temple, was there for two weeks before taking the Miami job. So he, he kind of had it coming. Yeah. College football is kind of a mess right now, um, just big picture-wise, um, with coaching carousel being so hot. And there are a thousand – this is one of my stuck-ons. There are over a thousand players in the portal. Yeah. It's all related to NIL, playoff expansion, conference realignment, hot carousel. College football is probably more interesting now than it's ever been in its entire history. And it's not necessarily a problem. It's not untenable, but it's a very interesting time to be a college football fan because it's just so out of whack. It's all it's turning. It's kind of turning into like man. We talk about man versus drama when it's NBA season. It's like it's kind of turning into the NBA a little bit. It's a lot of like trade rumors slash transfer portal, and where are players going, what new teams they're going to, and it's all about like coaches moving around. And it's less. It feel like it's like less about what's on the field. Is what I mean. At least what the storylines are all about. No, it's a problem. I agree. That's that's the best way to phrase it. It's not about what's on the field anymore. Um, <laughs> most of the uh, news is about coaches and players and them moving around, not like putting up stats or running interesting offenses or finding defensive solutions to offensive innovation. It's not quite like that anymore. It's the drama. It'll go back. Um, George, what's your critical number of the week? So I thought I was going to be a little late on this, but I'm very excited to talk about it anyway. My critical number is zero. Zero zilch. Zero head coaches for UVA football. <laughs> yes, we'll get to that. Zero sacks of Bryce Young in the SEC championship game. Oh, immediately following a week where Auburn got four. Bryce Young, look, I think he's got had good practice for for running for his life. He's like better <laughs> at that now. Yeah, he's like a gazelle when he has to run downfield. He really kind of. Uh, lengthens his strides and really moves the ball. But, um, I mean, he got plenty of pressure. But, man, zero sacks considering what Alabama was staring down the barrel of at uh, Georgia being the best defense. Still the best defense. I don't I don't think one loss takes that away from them. Uh, obviously beatable, but 
are they still the number one defense in the country? Absolutely. Jordan Davis, I thought it was very telling. I don't know when it was, maybe late in the third quarter. I, I'm losing track of when this play was. But <clears throat> Bama drove the field, did hurry up, and on like second and goal from the seven, Jordan Davis just pulls up and just stands there and kind of holds on to the offensive lineman. It's like, I'm not going anywhere. I'm tired. I'm gassed. Like no, nothing, nothing I'm doing. I'm not getting the quarterback. And he just, he just took the playoff and it, it resulted in a touchdown. But it did, did seem like Alabama kind of got that, unlocked the code a little bit. I don't think it's going to work two games in a row. I think they're going to have to pull something out. And that is saying that Alabama will make it to the college football playoff and Georgia will win. So if they see each other again, I think Kirby Smart better scheme Jordan Davis into some like one-on-one blocks, but he looked—he did not look like the viral man that he has the last month. I think that was Saban's best game. I made that statement after the game on that Saturday. I think I sent you a choice text message saying about how much how fired up I was. Um, but I said that to some friends and just said like that was Saban's best win, like period, full stop. And they really kind of argued with me. I, I still think I'm right, but their argument was like, no, it was when he beat Tebow in 2008 and made Tebow cry. There was so much hype around that game. Yeah, that was good. And game. that's a really, yeah, Tebow cried. Um, <laughs> there was a person who cried, and his name was Tebow, and we made him cry. People he don't cried. forget. People don't forget. Yeah, people don't forget. Um, <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, I always think of the same thing. I forgot who, who did it in the Elite Eight or Final Four, but who made – JJ Reddick cry at Duke. It's like the same game to me. I think it was like George Mason or something. It was that like weird Final Four where George Mason made it and Duke didn't, and and Reddick cried. But it's like both those are always in, like burned in my brain. Those two cries, just ugly, just yeah. ugly criers too. Yeah, him with the ugly cry. And he was already he was on taking a knee, and I think somebody must have had a camera within like three feet of his face, and we're just like, oh yeah. Give it to us, Tebow. And he just like, just like, screw y'all. Let yeah, me there see was, those tears. This is before I feel like before gifs and memes took off, there was the Cartman where Cartman licks up the tears in the episode where he puts the kids, he puts Scott Tennerman's parents in the chili and he licks the tears. He was lick, it was like a Cartman licking Tebow's tears. Gif, uh-huh. you guys remember this? Should look it up. Hey, grand, ask your grandparents. Ask your grandparents about the Cartman licking Tebow's tears. <laughs> Dude, uh, speaking of NFTs, which I'm assuming is something that will make a bunch of people rich, and I won't get in on it because I don't understand it, but I would mm-hmm. buy a couple like college football NFTs, like uh, um, Tebow crying, one of them. But I would, I would imagine there is some elements out there on the internet where Alabama delusional Alabama fans, delusional Ohio State fans, but man, this is gonna be worth so much money today. I mean, when Terrell Pryor gets tackled for five yards and falls forward and gets the first down, I need that NFT. <laughs> I don't even know what an NFT is, but I would imagine that like uh, the Mobile Leprechaun was probably one of the greatest like pickup NFTs back in the day when the internet was still so, or not internet, but iPhones were like brand new and yeah, uh, yeah. E-bombs world ran the world. Uh, yeah, ran the internet. Leroy, Leroy <laughs> yeah. Jenkins, I'm here, is going to sell for three million dollars. I remember there was a story like a couple months or maybe even weeks after the maybe a leprechaun made its appearance, um, and somebody was like, somebody offered to buy that piece of paper with the drawing on it for like six thousand dollars. Can you believe that? And I was like, yeah, that's a little weird. And I thought about that like. 
a couple weeks ago, I saw somebody trying to sell like some hats or some t-shirts or something that had the Mobile Leprechaun. And I was like, that's why. That's why. <laughs> I'm going to turn this into merch. I'm going to put this behind the bar at Callahan's and just make a zillion dollars off it. Um, my- yeah, it was like, yeah, it was like, well, it was like when the guy bought DallasCowboys.com and tried to sell it to Jerry Jones. Like, that's exactly what you got to do. Got to be ahead of the game. Tech nerds, they're all rich now. My critical number of the week is 44. Uh, from December 17th through January the 10th there are 44 of these bowl games that's too many there are 44 bowl games this year running running in a in like 27 day span and what's UVA in the Wasabi Fenway Bowl they're in (laughs) they are in the Fenway Bowl what's funny you brought that up because I was looking up the bowls and I was ready to make fun of all the names of the bowls and They've completely rebranded their their names, and they all have the destination as the name of the bowl instead of like, oh, I, I don't know, like Hardy's Biscuits Bowl, like or Reese's Cup Bowl in Mobile, Alabama. Listen, listen to these bowl games and tell me how you would maybe, if you were a fan of the teams playing, you would like to go the Boca Raton Bowl. That sounds lovely. You got. The L.A. Bowl, the New Orleans Bowl, the Myrtle Beach Bowl, the Hawaii Bowl, the Music City Bowl, the Las Vegas Bowl, the Arizona Bowl, the Texas Bowl. Just basically being like, we have warm weather. You should come spend money in our hotels and bars. Yeah. Is the full name of the bowl those cities, or is it like the Camping World Budweiser Tampa Bay Bowl? No, I think it's the Hawaii Bowl brought to you by Camping World Athletic Sports dot com ball right, by way of sony headphones <laughs> buy, our stuff. buy our stuff please yeah i mean i really do think the the uh the las vegas bowl is like this bowl is in las vegas and people are like oh right nice <laughs> nice all right all right las vegas bowl i think i'm gonna going. give that a shot i'm going pack your bags going. kids you know what kids stay at home mom you too i'm going to las vegas um <laughs> i'm not sure where we are i know that uh the stuck ons we've we've kind of done a out of order thing here trainer what is your stuck on hold on i have an interesting factoid about the bulls okay Uh, first of all this is not a secret but uh most of the uh there were more teams eligible for bulls than there were bulls this year which is hilarious and just adds to the topsy-turvy weird year that we've we've had and then also um apparently sponsoring a bowl is only like a ten to fifteen thousand dollar investment. Really, you can have a bowl named after you if you want to burn fifteen k. Well, we're gonna set up a GoFundMe and Teton Sports Talk. We'll have a bowl and <laughs> I'm, I'm there, man. Freaking Orlando, said, Florida, or something. Yeah, when you said ten to fifteen, I thought you were gonna say million, like Tostitos or no, no. I think it's shockingly low. I obviously haven't priced out one, but. Uh, I was talking to some people who very much know what they're talking about for that kind of stuff with like the senior bowl here in town. And they were like, Oh no, it, it's like really cheap to like tell the TV studio to call it this bowl. And like, that's really all there is to it. So when Washington state plays Marshall, we can just go ahead and grab that banner. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good. If you, you got some money that you don't really uh, want to hang on to that's that'd be a hilarious way to spend it. like, <laughs> <laughs> What's the uh, when's the membership drive? We can probably like you know re- reallocate that those funds. 
Yeah, I'm yep. sure. I'm sure KHL won't miss ten to fifteen k. We'll just <laughs> we'll just do a little write off there. Trainer, do you uh, or do you have a stuck on? Where are we in this? Well, could you imagine uh, Marshall University wearing KHL uh, little like pat like little um, what am I trying to say patches on their on their uniforms? They'd be they'd be stoked. They all have to play. They all, all they all have to play in our uh, signature zip up hoodies. Uh, mine is, uh, yeah, the Virginia football mess. Uh, we good. We I'm, I'm with you. We're, we're, we're cycling. We failed an interview with, uh, Anthony Poindexter, UVA legend safety made the visor cool before it was cool. College and, football hall of famer, Anthony Poindexter. Yeah. And now we're, uh, speaking of, uh, Clemson coordinators, Tony Elliott has supposedly gone to Charlottesville and left without a contract. He was the offensive coordinator on the other side of um, what, what's it? Ben, Ven- Venerable. Venerables. Venerable. Yeah. So Venables. it's just, a, it's a poop show. It's a, it's a dog show. Yeah. So this was, I had this as well. I was very disappointed about Anthony Poindexter. It was going to be like our, our coming home, I'm coming home. It was going to be one of those videos. I was going to gobble. I was going to gobble our coming home video with Anthony Poindexter, who's currently serving as defensive coordinator for Penn state. Um, Tony Elliott, that piqued my interest as well. But have you heard the name that we're circling now? George, you might be familiar with this name. Lane Kiffin? How did, how did you know? Lane Kiffin in Charlottesville would be <laughs> would be a hilarious, an hilarious thing. He'd be like walking around with the visor being like, oh, hey, y'all. And they'd be like, we know who you are. Oh, you, you don't want to come see my, my palace out there in Scottsdale? Um, anyway, Scottsville, wherever that, whatever that town's called. Anyway. We're circling the wagons, or we're circling in on Josh Gaddis, former Alabama assistant, currently the offensive coordinator at Michigan, who just won the Broyles Award for the best assistant coach of the year. That's got me tingling in a little bit. He gets Ooh. talked about a lot. He's very good. Uh, he's definitely a Sabanite. Um, that'd be sweet. Trainer. And a Harbaugh, and a Harbaugh guy now. Yeah, and a Harbaugh guy. So, so trainer, I don't, I don't know if you've heard these names. But... Does that count for stuff now? Yes. Hold on, are we just giving him a pass? Eight <laughs> years and like one good game, where we're just like, oh, Harbaugh School of Football is kicking in. This guy chugs milk. He chugs milk. <laughs> um, Dockers, a closet full of Dockers, ready to go. Yeah, he sits in an athletic stance. Be around his neck, pleated khakis on the sideline at UVA. He'll, he'll fit right in. Yeah, the look is already there. He makes sure to have a pin on him at all time, like the nerd, nerd that he is. Um, mm-hmm. So Josh Gaddis, in case the listeners were wondering, he was the wide receivers coach at Alabama. He coached a couple of guys, uh, you might have heard of them, Jerry Judy, Devontae Ooh. Smith, Henry Ruggs, Jalen Waddell. Yeah, he was their coach. Turned Jerry Jerry See. Judy in the best wide receiver in football. Uh, Devontae Smith, he won a Heisman. He was the best player. So, you know, maybe and UVA arguably has some of the best receivers in the ACC but that is was with a competent quarterback in Brendan Armstrong, who has big, great big joints. NFL scouts are telling uh, telling you that Armstrong's joints very big, very attractive. Yeah, big joints. Um, he uh, he'd be a great fit. I think that'd be a lot of fun. Um, and the ACC is just uh, ripe for a shakeup, and UVA could strike while the iron is hot. That could be awesome. I just want. To feel a New Year's Day game that doesn't, we're not as happy to be there. Does that make any sense? 
yeah, expect to be there a little bit. Yeah, I want I want to go on, in on New Year's Day and be like, we might win this game. Last time was what the Orange Bowl against Florida, and we just we're like, hey, just happy to be here. Go ahead, beat our brains in. All right, we'll see you later. Yeah, we hung good weather. Yeah, trainer. No, so we hung in that game, but Massey, you know, wish wish in one hand and poop in the other, or as Red said in Shawshank Redemption, hope is a hope is a terrible thing, Andy Dufresne. Yeah, hope. Hope is a wonderful thing. Uh, George, what is your stock on? Do you have any left? I know that we've talked a little bit about it. So I was talking uh, some trash about Harbar and uh, probably made a bed that I'm going to have to lie in now. But um, my stock on is the coaching carousel and more specifically why it's so hot right now. I don't um, – I mean, I understand it because there's so much money. Um, that's what forces it to have such high turnover. But um, – just look at how Ogeron went out from LSU on a win against somebody who's getting offers of eight years at 125 million, and he's being shown the door and beats Jimbo Fisher and won a national title two seasons ago. And they're just like, they're not happy with like a great coach on a down year. Maybe not great. I mean, I love Coach Ogron. He's a perfect fit for LSU. Um, great might be too strong. But my point is that he was there. He had it. He just had a down year, and they weren't going to put up with it anymore. But then you look at Harbar, and they gave him eight years of chances, and he should have been on a much hotter seat for much longer. Mm-hmm. And they just never let him go because they knew they had a good fit for their program and their culture and everything with that. And it paid off. It paid off. He's the, Mich- Don't fire he's the Michigan man. After three years, three years is an incredibly short time frame to exhibit what you're capable of doing. And the coaching carousel is just out of whack right now. And it's kind of Saban's fault. It's kind of uh, everybody's thinking that, well, we need to be winning national championships every single year. And guess what? Only one person can do that every year. You can't have an entire college uh the, the FBS can't all win the national championship every year. The top 25 teams are expecting to win the national championship and they will fire you for not achieving it. And it's ridiculous. I have two, I have two counterpoints to Harbaugh. Harbaugh took a 50% reduction in his salary this year. So what? And then they didn't fire him. They did not fire him. And number two, coach O hit on a, a booster's wife at a gas station. And they're like, you're out of here. Well, <laughs> <laughs> All I'm saying is, does it? Who does it? Just give the guy a chance. Give the guy a chance. Uh, no, what I'm saying he is, like, little, he was doing a little stepdad action at practice too. That wasn't great look. Yeah, that was bad. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, he was kind of playing fast and loose, and uh, I don't know. Off-field issues are uh, always to be taken into consideration, but you know, make him take a fifty percent pay cut and keep him around. Whereas Harbaugh, you gave him eight years, and you're just like, you know what? It is time for you to take a pay cut. And he was like, yeah, that's fine. Y'all been paying me a ridiculous amount of money for seven years. <laughs> I got stuff saved up. They don't even have to work at all right now, so that's fine. He's like, you mean you I can fire me? I don't have to move. I'm not getting embarrassed. Shoot, yeah, fifty percent. Here you go. You hey. mean I? You mean I can stay? Okay. Yeah, I can stay. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I totally, I totally see your point, and I think that one thing I will say: the coach is feeling a little more at. A little more freedom of moving around 
and not feeling like there's like any loyalty issues or concerns is any, anymore is kind of a reflection of the transfer portal. It's like, well, if the kids aren't going to stay, then like the coaches are just like, eh, I don't care. Like I, I promise these things just as much as the players quarterbacks usually promise to these teams before they jump ship. So I'm going to jump ship too, which is different than Ogeron where Ogeron was like seeing the door. And now it's like, Hey, go bass fishing butthole. Like, you know, that was, that was cute what you did in 2019, but your services are no longer uh, needed here anymore. Trainer. Well, meanwhile, they're going to keep them around and make them raise money for the school. I bet you, you I bet you see coach O on like in the background of the LSU sideline in two years. Yeah, they're going to, like, call his name out, and he's going to run out of the tunnel at, like, homecomings and stuff and be like, hey, thanks, everybody. And then he's going to, like, go back off the field, collect his check, hop in his limo, and his bass boat's going to be ready to begin. He also will not never miss one uh, five-year, 10-year, 15, 20, 25-year anniversary of the College Football National Champion. He'll, he will go back to Baton Rouge, stand in that 50-yard line at halftime, and people will chant his name. It really was an amazing season. I mean, Joe Burrow was one of the most awesome quarterbacks ever, and his name is Burrow, which allowed them to make a Cajun jersey version. with Cajun spelling of the Burrow, which is, I mean, that's that's why you watch the game. That's why you watch. That's awesome. So I, I'm, I'm hot to trot about the uh, coaching carousel and how it would behoove everybody involved to – not think that three years is the limit that's yeah. just too short of a time frame it's not healthy for the sport um i don't know if there's a solution but it's got to plan out a little bit yeah take yeah. take take a breath get a couple of new coordinators in there take a breath and see where it goes trainer your quote uh, slash question of the week yeah and i also see uh, like y'all were saying about coach O. I feel like you know coming out in your sister blue shirt i feel like he's definitely going to be the Joe Namath of college football where he's just going to show up kind of drunk at fur with furs on at games randomly and just yeah. be kind of the mascot, you know, it's like he had his one, he had his one big moment, like the jets, the 1969 jets or whatever. And, you know, he'll just, he'll live his life however he wants and come back to LSU when he, when he, when he feels like he's, you know, being invited to some sort of ceremony or circle of fame or whatever they call it. My quote, sorry, my quote of the week. Hey, Joe, when y'all have a blowout game, do you ever wish you could have a guest on that you and Troy Aikman could interview? Yeah. You know, the last time I thought about that was when you guys played Seattle in the Super Bowl. Ooh, this is from the Manning cast, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, Joe Buck with some with some lightning fire going back at Peyton Manning. So, Broncos getting out. So explain that a little bit. Peyton Manning asked Joe Buck whether during blowouts if he needed some more content. Yeah, basically like, hey, Monday Night Football is kind of boring tonight because it's a it's a game where Mac Jones is throwing th three pass attempts. What if you guys are bored and you need like an interview guy? Wouldn't that be nice? And Joe just, you know, shots fired. I feel like Peyton Manning gives it out and takes it very, very well. He's, he's, he's like a locker room guy. Yeah. It's a great, great addition. All-time dude. All, all, and also, it's good good for Joe Buck for showing a little personality there as well. I know he's done a bunch of interviews where he's been very funny, but keeps it pretty buttoned up on uh, on set or whatever. But Joe Buck, I mean, Marshawn Lynch cussed like 10 times on, on the Manning cast. So it's like the Manning cast is the new way to watch professional football is dudes being dudes watching football. Yeah, Manning Cast is like the Howard Stern show of ESPN. It's it's great. <laughs> <laughs> Adul adultery. Um, George, your quote 
slash question of the week. So again, with my critical number, I, I felt like I was going to be late on this, but uh, I just, I couldn't get over it. Uh, Nick Saban's quote about rat poison being yummy this week just really tickled me and uh, was a whole lot of fun. Um, also, he had, he had that classic like Saban sneer after he like, it was the same sneer he had on the sideline when he kicked that uh, on or uh, that pooch kick in, against Clemson that Kenyon Drake caught, and it was like one of the most ideal uh, kickoffs ever. And he had this look on his face like Dabo's gonna like be so pissed at me when we hang out in uh, a couple months, and he's gonna lose that bet. But uh, he had that sneer, and he was like, "That rat poison was yummy." Have you noticed that Nick Saban has been giving? more smiles into the camera on the sideline, like sideline reporters, he'll say something and he'll like maybe crack a joke or grin a little bit. And you're like, are you, are you having, are you having fun? I'm worried about Alabama <laughs> football. Nick Saban appears to be having fun and I'm going to, I'm going to hit the panic button. He's taking it. you nervous. Have you noticed this trainer? He's taking edibles. Yeah. I think he's having more fun in his, in his, uh, his twilight. Yeah, he was like, you know, this is kind of decriminalized down here. I might as well just pop a couple, see what see what all the kids are talking he's, he's about. Mellowed, mellowed with age. Yeah, he's now he's now like a gentle giant of a man. All right, he's I can... hanging out. He's hanging out with Dion uh, on the set of Aflac commercials. They're just they're just you know he's loosening up a bit, just chum, chumming it up. Have is there any pushback from Saban doing Aflac <laughs> commercials from any any of your circles, George? Because my sister Adele, our producer, hates. Nick Saban doing Affleck commercials. I was like, what if they paid him $10 million? She'd be like, oh my gosh, I, if I was Nick Saban, I wouldn't do that for $10 million. Like, $10, $10 million? So, great question. I think it makes him look kind of stupid. However, what I have heard through the grapevine is that he um, uh, he is doing that because they asked Miss Terry, his wife, Ooh. and when Miss Terry says to do something – he does it. And I think part of the deal is that all of the proceeds from that are not proceeds, but what he gets paid to do that commercial goes towards their foundation. Mm. So it's not like he yeah, eats money. Huh? Said so eat that Adele. Yeah. Yeah. Adele. Well, I don't have all that like proved out or anything, but uh, my understanding is that he is not getting paid directly he is taking that and putting it towards the foundation because Aflac approached Miss Terry and we're like, we have this idea and it sure would help. And she was like, done coach, guess what you're doing on Mondays now? And he was like, Oh, okay. I'll do it. Not during the season, Terry. Okay. It does make him look stupid. It does not fit him. He would never have done that in like 2008, nine or 10, but now he's like, yeah. Okay. I know who I am and where I fit into this. Uh, yes, ma'am. I'll do it. 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16. Happy life, happy wife, happy life. I mean, I feel like there's got to be some sort of great, um, like a YouTube clip of behind the scenes, him filming with a green screen with the duck. And I, I really want to see those, the, the outtakes. Yeah. <laughs> um, my quote slash question of the week. Well, I had two quotes. We've both, we've discussed both. It was McCarthy and Manny Diaz. Um, so question to you, trainer, let us, let us briefly talk about the MLB. Why is there so many articles writing 
about how the MLB is blowing it. I don't understand. I, I didn't. I, I'm, I'm. I'm. My head is in. The, I'm an ostrich, and my head is in the sand. What? What? What has happened? I don't know. I saw a couple of headlines where like the MLB needs to save their sport. I'm like, there's so much money there. How can they be struggling? Where's the financial crunch that these guys need to need to like reconsider their how they like the fundamentals of their game in order to become more attractive? Hmm. I'm stumped. I didn't know. I didn't know there was. I mean, I guess this is all going into the the, the winter winter meetings and then the CBA and all that stuff coming up. So it just seems like there's a little bit of spicy drama each week leading. I think it's just like kind of like pushing the storyline that the MLB has problems because there is, you know, obviously what's going to happen with like the owners and players agreeing on something in, in the spring or, you know, like January, February. The, um, okay. They just, they just need to baseball needs to be relevant. They find themselves trying to be relevant in the most, awkward times like hey and here's your mlb mvp and you're like it's monday night football what are you no one is watching your award show like what are you doing yeah that's all that's all uh, i have to say about that that's all i have to say about that i mean it's just yeah baseball is just trying to like keep their keep their name out in the storylines a bit i mean we we're a show that we care more about when there's fights or players get hit or there's some sort of drama yeah. based off flipping a bat and somebody getting a pitcher getting upset about it. So this, I feel like baseball off season off season is something even a huge baseball fan as myself does not care enough about. Okay. All right. Well, let's uh, that's, that is the huddle. Did I miss anything, George, you got a, anything to add to, to the huddle here? No, that was great. We're going to have to skip straight into the NFL slate trainer. I hope you did your tears. I will go ahead and say this. The saints are at the jets, the saints five and seven versus the jets three, nine. The saints are favored by five and a half. I feel like this after losing five games in a row, the, for the first time under Sean Payton, this is a must win game for the saints. It's a big Mormon matchup. What do you, Oh, Taysom, yeah. Taysom, Zach Wilson. Wait, is that, is that right? right? That is right. I think yeah. they graduated 15 years apart. I got to find a storyline. I mean, this game stinks. <laughs> <laughs> There's drama there. You're right. Yeah, you're right. Both these teams stink <laughs> and they desperately need a win. Saints of the points. Go ahead and take it. I'll let you take it from there, <laughs> trainer. I say it every week. Saints of the points. Uh, trainer, give me your tears in the NFL slate. Uh, Dark Knight. I had Rams at... Arizona, huge NFC West matchup. Both teams slated to go to the playoffs. Arizona currently leading the NFC West. Arizona fair by two and a half. Kyler is back. Looked good last week. And the Rams still kind of hobbled. They beat Jacksonville. They beat up on Jacksonville as they should. But they've been kind of on a little rough stretch going into last week. And this is a – I feel like the Rams really need to show up in this game to, like, prove that Arizona is just not running away with this thing. The Rams are the most confusing team in the NFL. They're good, and then they're bad, and then they're really bad, and then occasionally they're good, and they go back to being bad. I don't understand them. Average is bad. Average average is bad. Um, I like the Rams. I like the Rams to scare the Cardinals, but the Cardinals seem like they're on their way to a special season, so I can't pick against them, but it'll be closer than people think. Yeah, they've been resilient. I mean, they lost J.J. Watt. didn't matter. They lost Kyler for a few games. They had Colt McCoy. McCoy. You remember that guy? Game manager. Yeah, back when UT football was good. And I they think lost. that 
Yeah, just, I feel like they, yeah, they got they got something going on. I think the Arizona's definitely should be taken very seriously at this point in the season. All right, what else you got? Uh, Buffalo, Tampa Bay. Buffalo coming off a, an embarrassing loss at home. Just the, the Patriots are already back. They they got one year off. Buffalo got Buffalo got to go to the AFC title game, and then Belichick inherits Mac Jones, and everything just goes back to being the way it was before. Uh, before when Tom Brady and Belichick were together. So he just got a young Tom Brady at the helm. Tampa Bay fair by three and a half. But this is, you know, this is a good this is a good matchup. Buffalo, they're really, really hobbled right now when it comes to like they haven't had a good win in a while. I think their conference record stinks. And this isn't a conference game, but it's it's playing the defending Super Bowl champs at Tampa Bay. So Tampa Bay is fair by three and a half. There there could not be a sadder fan base. I mean, the I as a Saints fan having your hall of fame quarterback retire and then having Tom Brady move into the neighborhood. That was super depressing. But if you're a bills fan, you're like, this is it. Tom Brady is out of here. We're going to do this. The Patriots look bad last year. They're like, we're going to dominate our division. This is going to be great. And all of a sudden year two happens and they're like, we stink again. And it's not because we're lack of skill or bad coaching the Patriots are just back and it's got to be just the saddest thing and going from the Patriots and then going and playing Tom Brady being like, didn't we just get rid of this guy? <laughs> exactly. It's back to back. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to take the bucks. I think the bucks are heating up um, yeah. and they're, they're going to start their playoff peaking. They see they're going to do this little trajectory up into the playoffs and they hit their really hit their stride of the playoffs and probably just take them to the Super Bowl because Tom Brady wins Super Bowls and it's annoying. Not better. I will be cheering for a situation in which the Patriots and the Bucks meet, which seems likely. So I'm pulling whatever the games are leading up to that. I'm pulling for that scenario. Yeah, that storyline is the best. Trainer, what else you got on this 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 NFL Sunday? We got Batman Returns here. We got a couple games where the current division leader can kind of kick that second tier team to the curb. We got Kansas City fair by ten at home against Las Vegas. They can probably put Las Vegas, give them a little dirt nap. So, obviously, Kansas City playing some good defense recently. Mahomes has turned into a game manager, which I did not see happening. But um, They need, yeah, to, they need the- to rope it in. I think Patrick Mahomes probably took it upon himself to, to rope himself in. I didn't mean to interrupt you. But it seemed like no, one of those things where Patrick Mahomes like, I need to get back to the basics and just complete passes. Yeah, it became too much. Like we're giving we're giving too much away, and we're giving our defense short fields because we're playing too fast and loose. When we're actually a pretty talented team on both sides, we just didn't really realize it until now. And they just got the running game back, so that that probably helps. Yeah, yeah they got Clyde Edwards back. Uh, Baltimore at Cleveland. I I, my, I picked the Chiefs by the way. Chiefs by ten. Yeah, I think so too. They they just they won like forty one to ten at Las Vegas last time they played. Uh, Baltimore at Cleveland. Cleveland actually fared by two and a half at home. Lamar looking a little stinky, but Baltimore can kind of put Cleveland away here too in a similar fashion. Is it time to start considering moving on from Baker Mayfield? Yeah. I don't know. Well, I mean, is, is it, are we going to go by the, by the harp, the Harbarn mentality we have from earlier? Like is, is, is four years, not enough time. Give, give Baker a little more time. What do you think, George? I'd give him more time. Uh, I don't know. He uh, he could probably pull it around. He's so talented. He uh, he's got an arm. As long as he stays healthy, he can he can do it again. 
All right, I think we're all on the same page there. I, I like Baker Mayfield. I like his personality. Uh, I like his stupid commercials. Um, I like his Nissan Heisman commercials as well as his whatever nationwide commercials, progressive commercials, whatever, whatever they are. He's such a likable guy, and you he's just trying so hard. He doesn't look lost, and he doesn't look pathetic like some of the other, you know, insert name here of Cleveland quarterback, the 15. We, like Brady Quinn looked lost. Johnny Manziel looked like he was – panicking out there baker mayfield at least looks like a football player he just needs to get healthy and needs to keep his running game on the field and and make the throws when they're there and so i'm i'm with you i like i like baker i like baker to stay in cleveland he's uh when he was drafted everybody's like this is the guy you can build a program about or around him and that's still very true agreed yeah i think i think cleveland just kind of i think they need to they can still make the playoffs. This is a big game, probably the, big, the biggest game they've had so far this year. They can make a statement here. They can stay in the, the wild card hunt. There's seven teams that can make the playoffs. There's three wild card teams. So definitely nothing's out of their grasp right now. And I feel like Baker, yeah, they, they've only they haven't even had a full season without the the poison of OBJ being um, extracted from the wound. So I think Baker needs more time. What are they gonna What are they gonna upgrade to? Because they're gonna be a team that's gonna pick, and the teens are like the twenties. Anyway, so they're not going to pick a franchise quarterback in the draft. Like Baker's as best is going to get for a little while here. Cleveland's he's not old either. He's still no, no, very no. young. He's a baby. Cleveland's yeah, Cleveland's favored by two and a half in this game. That's great. <laughs> that's, that's that's awesome. All you, need. all you need is one. They got two and a half. The um, trainer, your your last one, and then I'm going to point out the fact that Jake Fromm's uh, playing for the Giants this week, which is hilarious. But what's your last game? Oh, perfect. Dallas at Washington. Washington, this is a similar put the, the NFC East leader, Dallas putting the six and six team to bed, hopefully on the road. Dallas four straight. Four and, and what'd you say? Washington's won four straight. Tampa Bay is one of their wins. I know. I know. I'm I'm a little nervous. Is it sad that Heineke performs well enough to not have uh Fitzmagic back there? Yeah, I think so. I think I think Heineke is somebody they rally behind. I think he's a good enough player. I'm surprised they played this well without Chase Young. Chase Young, I think, tore his ACL. He had some sort of season-ending uh, injury, but they they definitely rallied around this around him as a quarterback. And the you know the team has has played very well without without Fitzpatrick. Sports fans, that is all the time we have for you on Teton Sports Talk. Download our podcast wherever podcasts are available. Spotify, iTunes, Jeff Bezos is too busy in space to understand the uh, algorithm needed for uh, Teton Sports Talk, but we'll, we'll get to him. I'd like to thank you, Trainer, for being there always. And George, reporting down, way down south from Mobile. We appreciate you hopping on the phone with us. My pleasure. A lot of fun. All right, guys, that's it. That's all. That's all.